That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. A hundred thousand witches and wizards were taking their places in the seats, which rose in levels around the long oval field. Everything was suffused with a mysterious golden light, which seemed to come from the stadium itself. The field looked smooth as velvet from their lofty position. At either end of the field stood three goal hoops, 50 feet high. Right opposite them, almost at Harry's eye level, was a gigantic blackboard. Gold writing kept dashing across it as though an invisible giant's hand were scrawling upon the blackboard and then wiping it off again. Watching it, Harry saw that it was flashing advertisements across the field. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 8. The Quidditch World Cup. In this chapter, the gang goes to the Quidditch World Cup, okay, right? And Bulgaria catches the snitch, but Ireland wins. Flying, throwing, bashing, fainting, not Harry's preferred kind of fainting, but he's intrigued, catching, saving, diving, hypnotizing, flipping off, slowing down, jumping over the side of the box to impress a group of Vila, you know, real hot sport shit. Welcome to the restricted section where we will not pretend to care about sports. We're just not going to do it, okay? (laughs) I am Tickled Pink to be joined by my intrepid friend, Haley. Say hello to the listeners, Haley. Hello, listeners. I'm Haley. Is intrepid good? I think intrepid would work better for Brooke, but I'll take it. No, I was thinking like, a, oh, no, you're right. We were just talking about book stuff. You've been to so many worlds in that way. Yeah, that that way and and few other ways. <laughs> You've been places. I've, I've been places. I've you done- went to Africa. Yeah. With That's people. just one of my favorite series of stories. Uh, one day we'll just record a bonus episode of Haley talking about her trip to Africa. Oh, God. <laughs> I would love to listen to that. It was a good time. <laughs> and I am so excited because today we have a returning guest, Nav, co-host of A Song and Ice and Fire Symposium. Say hello to the listeners, Nav. Hello, everyone. <laughs> You may remember um, Nav guested on an episode of the Restricted Section for Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 8, The Flight of the Fat Lady. This which is, is a also great Chapter episode. 8. Oh my god! I just realized that. Okay, well, Nav I'm coming eight. at you on the 8s. On the 8s. <laughs> did, um, did anyone else I'm, have radio growing up? No one else, just me? Okay. No, I thought you were just screaming things. <laughs> no, it was a thing in Fairfax. Okay, well, Nav, I'm putting you on um, the schedule for Chapter 8 of Prisoner. I mean, um, Order of the Phoenix. I am totally for that. That's the hearing, so get ready for some... (gasps) Oh, that's an intense one. Okay. Yeah, just get ready. Just all together, get ready. Um, And I have also guested on their show, A Song of Ice and Fire Symposium. I was on for Chapter 16 of... (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. My notes say of Goblet of Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Game of Thrones, Goblet of Fire, same thing. When there's a... A script, I just can't go off script. It said Goblet of Fire, and I came to a dead stop. <laughs> um, that released in April of 2021, and I also very recently was on a special episode about The Hedge Knight, which came out in summer of 2021. It actually just came out 
like a month ago or something. Just late summer 2021. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're from the future, <laughs> scroll to the way back. <laughs> Please remind the listeners what your show's about and who your co-host is and what you do over there. Yeah. So my co-host is my best friend Harmuth, who has never read A Song of Ice and Fire or seen the show. So she's completely clueless. And I just love watching her suffer, so I thought I would record it, you know? <laughs> so right. uh, we just talk about a few chapters at a time and uh, make predictions and laugh at how wrong she is <laughs> and how hopeful she is for the future. It's great. It's a good time. <laughs> Harmit does have a lot of hope. <laughs> yeah. And I try not to be, like, so cynical. I try not to be like, oh, you're going to run out of hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to squeeze it out of her eventually. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Tina, don't I remember you telling me that the episode you were on was the dead dog chapter? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, it was the dead <laughs> was dog really chapter. And, and, okay, here's the funny thing is like, I'm trauma. I mean, Game of Thrones spoilers. Brooke taught me that you're supposed to say spoilers before you say the spoilers. <laughs> um <laughs> Everyone remembers that chapter because Lady Sansa's direwolf gets killed. But you know who else gets killed? An actual innocent child. Yeah, Micah, the butcher's boy. <laughs> the butcher's boy. And it's like, no one remembers Micah. Yeah, well, we don't have the same connection with Micah as we it's do true. with Lady. <laughs> he doesn't get any dialogue. Oh, I guess Lady doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lady doesn't get any dialogue either. Oh, fuck, whatever. Um... <laughs> Yeah, A Song of Ice and Fire Symposium is so fun. It pretty much has the same tone as this one, maybe like slightly more family friendly if you consider Game of Thrones to be family friendly. I guess <laughs> right. I'm just talking about like it's the just... language use and the sex jokes, not quite as much over there. Yeah, well, considering my co-host was a minor until recently. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we had to like keep it in mind and she was so scared that a kid would like listen to the episode and I was like, but it says explicit, like you can swear they're they've been warned. So now we're getting to be a bit more of ourselves. Hell <laughs> yeah! I can't emphasize this enough. If you are a child, you have absolutely no business listening to this podcast. <laughs> Please see yourself out, except for the ones that we already know are listening to this podcast. Yeah, in, not in, unless you're one of our three original child friends. You're Look, not allowed to listen. You to know, that. man, I, I grew up. We grew up in the early days of the internet when, like, there weren't any content warnings, there weren't any trigger warnings. You just got what you got when you clicked on something, That's true. and we we turned out okay, <laughs> didn't we? Honestly, God's bless a trigger warning. Though. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, most useful tool in the world. <laughs> those are. I do appreciate those. Yeah, just <laughs> just make your own choices. That's all we're saying. <laughs> if, if it says explicit language you've been warned you can yeah. make a Haley, choice from there you know what you're right Haley if you're a kid go ahead listen see if I care forge your own path <laughs> gay aunt advice <laughs> <laughs> um, we're about to forge our own path <laughs> through the woods to the stadium well done for the, well done. the Quidditch World Cup great work thank you <laughs> Thank you. That's the trick is you let the opening remarks ramble until you find the perfect segue and then you grasp it. These are just reminders to myself for next time. I, I'm going to listen to it when I'm editing and write it on a post-it so I can remember to do that again in the future. So the gang. I'm not going to name all of them. The Weasleys and Ron and Harry. Nope. See, it's already confusing. No, and just, Hermione and no, Harry. No, just start singing it in like the Brady Bunch tune. 
<laughs> you, you start singing. I, I, Brady I would prefer not to. <laughs> um, yeah, they're walking down a lantern lit trail from the campsite to the stadium and it is gigantic and it sees 100,000 people and they're as they're walking through the woods they're like giggling and like screaming so this is a music festival this is this is exactly <laughs> yes. what a music festival is like the last chapter where everyone they're like getting to the campsite and setting up and there's just like this feeling of like palpable energy in the air and um our friend Michael Boothby was our guest on that episode so there was much much talk about how the Quidditch World Cup is absolutely music festival energy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he was right. Something about like the place, you're like in a wood yeah. and it's like, it feels old and like, like it's like been lights. waiting for the energy to come back to yeah. it. Yeah, and there's like lights glittering in the trees leading you to somewhere. Yeah. And just like happy noises in every direction. And like not a care in the world. What a, what a like false... Uh, sense of security for us before the next mm-hmm. chapter uh, yeah why what happens in the next chapter <sighs> nothing don't worry about it <laughs> i've never read these books <laughs> um arthur explains that this area the stadium but mm-hmm. not the campsite it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me um it's protected by muggle repelling charms so they've been like i guess building it and uh, muggles, if they, like, approach, they suddenly remember something they forgot and, like, run away. I'm already anxious enough. I don't need wizards messing with my sense of urgency. This is- or, or, <laughs> are you anxious because wizards have been messing with your sense of urgency? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> now you're anxious about wizards. Have I helped? <laughs> You've always told me that the worst part about anxiety is that occasionally you're right. <laughs> oh, it's more than occasionally, but oh, yes. Oh, no. No, well, don't tell me these things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Here, Okay, so I just feel like they could have built this somewhere where there were no muggles. Like, build a cute little biome in the middle of the Sahara. Or, like, go find some... Andrew suggested an island in the sea, like Azkaban. Quidditch Caban. Well, okay, <laughs> so, like... <laughs> Well, I think you guys were discussing a couple episodes ago about, like, how they decide which country hosts the game. Right, Um, yeah. And, like, I think it's because of Ireland. I guess this is, like, a North Irish team is the implication. So, like, it's got to be somewhere in the territory of the British Isles. But, like, if this was the 90s, there had to be some lingering imperial territory farther away Mm -hmm. from people. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the British Isles are not what one would consider a large landmass. Um, yeah. Well, then, like, even if you do it in the British Isles, like, I know there's a more. Like, why does the campsite have to be facilitated by a muggle? Like, <laughs> for the entertainment. He was already there. Send the muggle on vacation. Well, he's apparently he's going to get rich off of this, I'm assuming. I uh, That's a great point, and I hope that's true, because him and his family are absolutely traumatized. Yeah, I, I, yeah and like, I mean, honestly, they, they would deserve ridiculous amounts of compensation that they don't quite remember receiving for, like, everything <laughs> up before that. Uh, so, like, after that, it's just, like, for emotional damages. Yeah. These people need to be set for life for like at least six generations after this shit. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's almost like there will be a legacy of trauma that needs to be undone somehow. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I wonder if in addition to like ob- obliviation charms, like memory take away, if you can like give a false memory, you know, to kind of like supplement like a gap that is left. Well, doesn't Hermione in the seventh book uh, convince her parents that like they're different people and send yeah. them off to Australia? Or that she just doesn't exist. I think she gave them different she, names. I think you're right, actually. Oh, yeah. She like confounded the fuck out of them. Yeah, I guess it would Is that be a yeah. I guess it would be confounding, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she gets good at those mm, in book six when she's confounding um what's his name? Roger Davies. Is that his name so he doesn't make the No, it's the No, dick. no. Roger <laughs> it was um Cormac uh, McLaggen. Cormac McLaggen. Richard Davies is currently the head of the Ravenclaw Quidditch team. He's going Roger. to go to the wow. Roger. <laughs> Roger. He's going to go to the Yule Ball with Fleur Delacour. I knew who he was. Yeah, 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 nice. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> they, they. I think they have sex in the bushes in this book. It's definitely I think, implied. Yeah, I think Roger and Fleur <laughs> literally have sex. So the Weasleys have seats in the top box as high as you can go. The best seats. Yeah. Um, I. Don't know why I never wondered this on any previous readings, but I think Andrew's also the one who kind of helped me sort it out. Like, to fill half of what is obviously, like, the top VIP box, because the Minister of Magic's there, the Foreign Minister of Magic's there, like, a lot of... That's where they receive the award, the the, the cup. Yeah. Um, Like, why the fuck would you give half of that box to, like, a wizarding family with a lot of children for for kind of no reason. And Andrew said that it was maybe that they wanted to brag about Harry Potter. They're like, yo, yeah. this is our flex. This is Harry Potter. I was Potter. actually going to say that. Like, why did the Weasleys even have to arrange for the seats? Because, like, they want Harry there. <laughs> they should just have complimentary seats for Harry and all his entourage. The entourage is big. Hey. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, I mean, it kind of sounds like uh, Arthur was going to get, like, a couple of tickets, and then, like, Ludo, Bagman, and others found out, like, oh, by the way, is it cool if I bring my son's friend Harry Potter? <laughs> and they were like, yes, indeed, yeah. please have half of the box. Also, though, there should be more seats up there. That's that's not a lot that's of not, seats. Yeah, that's true. Well, not to be this way, but if there's too many people, then it's, like, not Not VIP. the elitist experience, yeah. You have to have, like, small separate like at a baseball game you can have like a vip like nook with your friends and you don't have to talk to the malfoys that's what's up so like maybe Mm. there's other top boxes and they're just like in the main one (sighs) that's crazy i would i would not put harry potter plus the weasleys in the main top box i just that's so bonkers listen the weasleys are a full unit and harry potter gets (laughs) as many yeah they come as a pack yeah harry potter gets a plus one (laughs) that he didn't even know about and it's just the entire weasley family and hermione's there too yeah if like we're really arguing we should argue that percy might have been (laughs) exempt from this you know invitation (laughs) it is so funny that you say that enough because I have the Jim K. Illustrated edition of this, and there's an illustration of the top box with every single character that's mentioned in this chapter is in that illustration. It's really cool. Wow. I'll post it on Instagram. But I straight up could not find Percy, like, at all. I had to post a picture <laughs> of this in the Discord for as little as a dollar a month. You can be a part of our Discord community. <laughs> and I was like, does anyone see Percy? Like, where is Percy? And he is squished into a corner so small and, like, wrinkled up and, like, just... <laughs> Even the illustrator understood. (laughs) Oh, God, it's hilarious. I I was looking at that and I was like, you know, 
I've attempted drawing enough large group scenes mistake if you're not that good at drawing that I really can't tell if this was like a deliberate stylistic choice of like, and we'll go put Percy here for humor reasons, or if the illustrator simply forgot and then had to squeeze him <laughs> Ran in. Out That's of space, what's yeah. up. It's like it's like the John Mulaney bit where he's writing happy birthday. <laughs> I don't have to trace it. It's like you're <laughs> You're drawing I know how many Weasleys, Weasleys there you, are. They have to keep, they have to keep getting smaller and smaller because you're running out of space <laughs> on the page. Yeah. Um, it's funny that top seats are like not good seats for Muggle stuff, like concerts. Those are like the nosebleed seats, right? You but know? this is all up in the air. So yeah, the higher yeah. you are. I just like um. I would have such a bad time at this because I can't really see things that are happening in three dimensions, especially quickly, because my vision is so bad. Are, are, are mm-hmm. Both y'all are wearing glasses. Do either of you oh, have uh, yes. terrible vision? Oh, yeah. Oh, Do you yeah. not see my eyes being, like, warped by how thick my glasses are? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't see your eyes being warped actively, but that's crazy. <laughs> that's bonkers. Yeah, I have terrible eyesight. Same, yeah. I so does Harry, for what it's worth. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I've, uh, I can't see, and I'm bad at keeping track of fast-paced things. Yeah, yeah. Same. Um, same reason. Uh, basketball is kind of hard for me. Where is it? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> the stadium is bonkers. It's absolutely packed with people. I don't think I've ever arrived at anything like this before it started. <laughs> You know what I mean? Maybe like a big theater performance, because that's rude. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the only thing that I can even compare this to. Yeah, I'm not really much of a sports watcher, so. <laughs> well, like, for example, I'm thinking of like some pretty big concert. Like I went to see fucking Hillary Duff at the Patriot Brag. Center in, uh, at George <laughs> Mason. That was, but what I'm saying is that most stuff I go to see in my adulthood is a little more obscure than right. <laughs> Hillary Duff. But, like, that was a giant fucking concert in a stadium like this. Or even, I went to see Snoop Dogg here in um, Richmond, and it was, like, a giant stadium. I also vividly remember going to a basketball game at UVA because my brother went to UVA, and we used to go to basketball games, and it was terrible. And, like, sitting so high up that I, like, could not deal, you know? I, I like, this, like... It just goes straight down. It's so steep in there. Oh, you were like, uh, Winky, she's afraid of the heights. The stadium is absolutely packed with people. Everything has a faint golden light. Mm. Um, There's like this magic blackboard that keeps writing ads across itself and then it like erases. That's like so vivid. I love that detail. I'm a big fan of chalkboard like imagery in general. So (laughs) this was great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what it is about, like, it's just so old school, and I love it. <laughs> and, I, yeah. I, and I love, like, the, um, at least in the uh, Scholastic version, the text that was chosen for this. Like, it, like it's all loopy cursive. Yeah. Yeah. It stands out. Yep. I do like, um, the, whenever the, the original Scholastic versions choose to use a font, it's always, like, really saying something, like a handwriting font yeah. or, like, a signage It's font. like, it seems like it would be fun as a designer, um, like a like a book designer, and it also mm-hmm. seems like it would have been fun to write a lot of these ads. Yeah, come up with yeah, random ideas. Have you ever done, like, uh, those, like, 
like Harry Potter quizzes, like on the Wizarding World website or something, they get so specific that I think there's like questions about these ads because they're <laughs> yes, <laughs> just because everybody yeah. knows Harry Potter so well, they're like, what is the most obscure thing we can find? <laughs> we have a, a a Harry Potter trivia board game that is only about the Sorcerer's Stone book, and it is about like every single detail that has ever that was ever in the sorcerer's stone that is a very small book for a whole board game to be based off yeah i know it's been (laughs) like people get into these like the details Mm. well um (laughs) harry notices in the box the top box Mm -hmm. you know the one um there there's a house elf and harry mistakenly calls her dobby Because that's the only house elf he's ever met. But it's okay, because she knows Dobby. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? Um, She, this is Winky. Yeah. She's really upset that Dobby's free. Do do y'all like Winky as a character, or like, not really? I think she's very problematic. (laughs) I I mean, she's she's very problematic. The fact that she, like, exists is problematic, but that's kind of, like, the entirety of the house elves. Yeah. And she's kind of an annoying character, but I do kind of wish that, like, her whole storyline had been left in the film, because, like, I like the fourth movie, but it did cut out a lot of the intrigue, and a lot of the intrigue yeah. did center on Winky. True. Yeah. yeah. There's, like, so many, like, clues about the greater mysteries <laughs> in this, like, you know, chapter that's supposed to be all about the game, and it's all fun, but... Things are happening. Yeah, things are for sure happening. Yeah, I kind of forgot that Harry's wand gets stolen at some point in here. Yeah. Yep. He's way too excited. The whole chapter, Mm -hmm. he's so excited. (laughs) (laughs) He's just got his, what are they called? The the Omni-oculars or something. Which I certainly would have called them (laughs) Omnoculars. Yeah, but why make well, it easy on the readers, you know? <laughs> Hindsight's twenty 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 twenty. Yeah, but about Winky, I think the whole... It's like the author was trying to do something with, like, the house elf story, but just, like, ended up dropping it because it got too complicated, and that's what I don't like. Yeah, that's the shit I don't <laughs> like. Yeah, because we never even find out, like, in the series what ultimately happened to Winky. Like, you just leave off with her traumatized and uh, seeing her, like, the boy that she raised from infancy, basically, like, get his soul sucked out. And then I guess yeah. she just continues to be drunk in the kitchen until she dies. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. Yes. It is. <laughs> it's like, it sure don't, is. like... Uh, you know, broach this topic if you're not going to deal with it properly. (laughs) That is, um, I have definitely made that note as an editor before, just like, this is not the platform to tackle this issue. You know, like, that's, you don't have the space to address this way it needs to be addressed. Um, So we're just actually going to completely skip it Mm -hmm. for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take on things that you're not ready to commit to. Um, yes. Uh, but anyway, it's not her fault. Here she is. Winky. Winky doesn't think Harry did Dobby a favor, um, when he set him free because Dobby apparently would like to be paid for his labor, which is very disgraceful to house elves. A fucking Mm. socialist millennial thinking that his work (laughs) is worth money. How dare he? 
<sighs> Not that I'm salty. Furthermore, Winky really hates heights, but she's up there anyway, <coughs> saving <coughs> a seat <coughs> for her master. Yeah. So, wait. Okay, also, that means, like, Barty Crouch technically had a seat, but, like, Winky's also sitting in a seat. So, are there just, like, some empty seats in the box? Of 20? Yeah. It, no, that's an amazing point. Because I would have thought that she was saving, like, the seat she's sitting in, and as soon as Crouch turns up... No, because there's a seat beside her that's... Right, so Wait, he listen. had two seats. Or, or, Crouch was like, yo, Ludo, I know you have a seat in the top box, but I know you're not going to sit down the whole fucking time. Can my house elf come? She helps me when I'm, you know, get, you know, she'll help me throughout the day or I whatever. I guess that's true. And just super not make a big deal out of it. But I don't know. Crouch doesn't seem like the person to like be like, hey, Ludo, person I hate, I'm going to just ask yeah. you for a favor. That's <laughs> the thing, though, is they work together. That's like not a normal hatred dynamic. But he okay. still wouldn't ask Ludo for favors, I don't think. The thing is, it's not even a favor. It's just like, Ludo, I know you're not, I know you're not going to use your seat and I need it. Thank you. It's like when I put my purse on the spare seat at a at a restaurant because it's it's like this my purse it's here you must find a different seat but imagine having to like in to inform a person that you low-key abhor that you are going to be putting your purse in their seat now there's like social <laughs> politics involved uh, i guess i don't uh, understand what it feels like to hate somebody well how nice for you uh. <laughs> Um, if I hated someone, I would extra put my purse in their chair. I'll rephrase. I'll rephrase. Somebody that you find extremely annoying, and you have to tell them that you're going to put their bag there, and now they're going to think this okay, is okay. Wait, what if Barty Crouch paid Ludo for his seat, and Ludo was just like, "I need money, so I'll just stand the whole time." <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, you know, like asking a so favor is like beneath him. But if he can pay him for his seat, then it's his seat. No, that's that's the kind of fussy <laughs> shit that I would see him doing. No, you're absolutely right? right. If if that's what went down, then that's how it went down. Yeah. Oh my god, I just don't know if Ludo would like never admit to needing money. Oh no, he. I don't think Ludo has much of a sense of shame. But he's making all these bets with all this bravado. Yeah, and then he avoids everybody. He doesn't feel shame about it. He just ducks. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. That's what irresponsible people are like. What Hogwarts house is Ludo Bagman? Um, hmm. Probably a Gryffindor. Yeah, he could be a he could be a puff. I think also I, like yeah. like a washed up, terrible, like jaded puff. Well, my first <laughs> my first thought was puff, and I was like, is it just because he's wearing yellow in the chapter? No, that is not why I feel that way. It's the friendliness to me. I think that like deep down, his favorite thing is like just chumming it up with people. But I think yeah. that he has <laughs> just had a really hard time. That's made him honestly not a Gryffindor, but more of a Slytherin. Just really resourceful and uh, like self interest, you know. Right. Ooh, hmm. Leprechaun gold. I can use this. <laughs> <laughs> what about it's um? True. Do you? What house do you think of? for Ludo Bagman. I, I thought Gryffindor just because of like his like outgoing personality. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lion. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like a jock and like what's more <laughs> like a yeah. jock than a Gryffindor. It is jock house for sure. 
Um, what about Barty Crouch? Oh. Oh. Gosh. <laughs> Ravenclaw. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Like like the Ravenclaw that all of the other Ravenclaws hate. Per- he's Percy. I've, I've always <laughs> said that Percy is not a fucking Gryffindor. He is a straight up Ravenclaw. He's obnoxious in the way that Ravenclaws are obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh for sure. He's kind of like the, this is the, these are the rules. That's how you do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think there's alignment. many, I was just going to say, I don't think there's many lawful people in Gryffindor, for example. Yeah. But also like Ravenclaw does have like, it's, it's other side of that coin with the strong chaos energy. Like you've got, I, I feel but like you don't have to be chaos energy. You don't have to, but like you do have to deal with the fact that Luna Lovegood is in your house. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And at one point, probably, I think we, I don't know if we know that Ollivander is a Ravenclaw or if we just sorted him ourselves I into Ravenclaw. I think he is like confirmed as a Ravenclaw and like somewhere in the trivia information. That sounds like something that I think we actually talked about in our Houses and Horoscopes bonus episode, maybe. Who knows? Um, <laughs> it's hard to find characters because it's hard to find characters who aren't Gryffindors to talk about in those bonus episodes where we're sorting people. Um, all right, where are we? Um, on the second page or no, on fourth the page. <laughs> yes, we're doing um, great. <laughs> they're just like waiting for the games to start, and the box is filling, the stadium's filling. Ron's messing around with his Omni oculars um <laughs> mr weasley and percy keep saying hi to ministry people percy bows so hard when the minister shows up <laughs> that his glasses fall off his face and shatter okay this is ridiculous uh i have done this has anyone else just like sh- like like nod yes. their glasses off their face yep. yeah yeah yep. <laughs> and any funny stories uh no because they never shattered yeah. That's my next note. Shatterproof lenses. Come on. Also, like, usually when it's, when you have, like, a new pair of glasses that are actually fitted to your face, they don't fall off as easily. It's, like, over time as they, like, get loose, they do. Yeah, for sure. So, like, Percy. But also, like, is that even in their political protocol to bow to the Minister of Magic? No, no. no. But wait, let me tell my, my glasses breaking story. Oh, right. By all means. I was in a coach store in the mall with my mom and my dad's best friend. And me and my mom were helping my dad's best friend pick out a coach purse for his wife for her birthday. And I'm sure I was bored because that is not something that is from that. That activity is not for me. Um, And I, (laughs) I sneezed really hard. So it's like really posh in there. And I sneezed really hard and my glasses just slammed off my face at like 100 miles per hour and they broke right down the middle like Harry oh, fucking Potter. No. So they, because the, the the lenses don't break. Everyone has shatterproof yeah. lenses these days. But the bridge of the nose broke and I was like, oh shit, I guess, mom, I need your credit card because my parents always buy me glasses because if I can't see, I can't do anything. Um and the lady at the coach store gave me tape with the coach logo on it, like <laughs> tiny tape with the coach logo to like wrap around the bridge of my glasses. Why, why does coach have branded <laughs> yeah. tape? Don't why fucking would you need that? I think it might be to like tape like tissue paper closed, like you wrap uh, it up nicely. Yeah, <laughs> fucking rich tape. people. <laughs> 
so that was my story. I just oh. that's that's called juxtaposition. Oof. Oh, okay. That reminded me. I've definitely like been like looking down a garbage bin, and then like my glasses have fallen <gasps> into said garbage bin. <laughs> oh no! Um, just because they were that loose at that point, but yeah, yeah. I struggle in when I forget to wear contacts to yoga when I'm in downward dog. <laughs> it's like I'm like upside down, and my glasses are like floating into space. Um. Anyway. Yeah, so they're just like, oh, so that's what a house self is. Those things are weird. <laughs> yeah. And I, it, like, bothered me that they call Winky a thing, like... They use it pronouns. Yeah, don't do it, it that. It was upsetting. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I try not to do that to, like, dogs, cats, babies. My friend, my, my friend's other friend recently had a baby, and... It's Emily. Emily keeps referring to her her best friend's baby as it, and she's like eight months old now. And I'm like, like <laughs> just use she her. Like those are the pronouns for now. And Emily yeah. just can't can't do it. <laughs> it's it's yeah. I, I it made me uncomfortable <laughs> for sure. But it's also telling that Ron has never seen one before because they're like a rich people thing. Yeah. And, Speaking of rich people, um, the Malfoy family shows up, of course. Ugh. And Lucius, every time I write Lucius, I spell it luscious <laughs> by accident. <laughs> like, I really just really don't know which is which. Um, Lucius makes a shitty comment about how the Ugh. Weasleys could not even have sold their house to have bought these tickets because their house isn't worth enough. And Fudge is there. Fudge is like, oh, my God, you guys probably know each other. And he's not even listening, which is so bananas to me because he's definitely not doing anything other than engaging in this conversation. You know what I mean? He's just he's a spacey dude. He he will. He's a very I do not see it kind of person. He really only. Yeah. Perceives what he wants to. Yeah, this is a piece of uh, foreshadowing, really, to um, his reaction to later events. <laughs> yeah. I think you're gonna say he's a piece of shit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a politician, yeah, I feel like as a dude, if he wasn't in a position of power, he'd be pretty benign. Oh, but Fudge um, is the worst. Unfortunately, Fudge is so lame that Harry doesn't even know what house he's in. We don't even know what house he's in. Like it's not even worth developing this character. Everyone has yeah. like a house and like a birthday and a backstory on those obscure, mm-hmm. like those uh, comprehensive websites. So yeah. finally, Ludo Bagman arrives in the box to get the game started. Um, he performs sonorous on himself to amplify his voice across the stadium, which is a cool spell. And yeah. he welcomes everyone to the game. And the opposite of the spell is just like quietus. <laughs> I know you that one's have so thought stupid. of like something a little more any you know, any anything. other etymological <laughs> reference for yeah. quiet anything. Uh, when I was younger, reading these, I was like eight, right? So I only got into linguistics when I was like eighteen. So my dad, when I was a kid, used to make a lot of fun of all of the spell names in these series, and I would get really defensive because um, he's ridiculous. But as an adult, I I way more understand i'm like these like every spell is really like etymologically transparent like it's it's not quite as creative as it sounds she's like yeah. really good at <laughs> that bitch is really good at like the sound of things like 
So that's why there's so much random capitalization of just like, this thing is Ugh. important. Oh my God, I throughout hate the it. Book. Just draw attention to it. <laughs> my dad, during the movies, when um, Harry's falling off his broom and Dumbledore goes, arresto momentum, right? And it like goes black. My dad would always get up and he like would do this like football stance sticking his butt out like an asshole and he would say stop the faller <laughs> uh, that sounds such a like an interesting move. guy <laughs> yeah it's dad stuff imagine uh, me but more dead it's a nightmare no i know it's not good um just kidding i love my dad i'm picturing a cross between you and andrew personality wise you've met my dad briefly a cross between me and andrew personality wise is exactly right <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so the game, no, the mascots come out. Um, we start with the Bulgarian national team mascots. Vila, a.k.a. Beautiful Seductive Women. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot to, like, look into, like, because I'm sure every other, like, creature being that we meet in the magical world is, like, from some kind some mythological whatever so like i forgot to look up where these come from yeah well they have kind of like the you know sirens and that yeah, kind of vibe. a harpy element i here. can't listen i have this book that's been with with arms reach of me every single episode of this podcast i've ever recorded and it's an anthology of um like fairy creatures mythical creatures mm-hmm. i've i literally haven't opened this book in like 15 years and it I just grabbed it. And there's a page on Vila. Really? And Whoa. I'm going to it. This is actually a really cute little book. Um, but it actually doesn't have page numbers. So why the fuck would you have an appendix? <laughs> Wait a fucking second. Hopefully it's at least alphabetical. This is in the section called uh, Angelic Fairies. They're called Befind. Um, a special fairy in Celtic tradition. I didn't do any research about how to pronounce any single one of these things. Um, oh my god. I'm mad because literally it's like she's one of the Vila, a tribe of beautiful nymph-like fairies made famous in the Harry Potter story. <laughs> 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 Fucking A. The data pool's been tainted. <laughs> so this book really focuses on them as more of like beautiful good instead of beautiful evil if we're looking at the beautiful uh, moral alignment chart. <laughs> <laughs> What are the rules for the Vila? Like, is it, like, anybody who's attracted to women is, I like... I was wondering that on you this You know, read. like... I was also wondering that because our friend Adele, I think, would probably fall victim to the Vila. Yeah, and, Shout like, Shout out here's, to Adele. Here's the thing. Um, I was kind of paying attention because I realized that uh, Ludo Bagman does not seem to have any kind of reaction. We don't see anyone else in the top mm-hmm. box really having a reaction besides the boys, but, uh... Like the young, the young Weasley and Weasley adjacent boys, um, but Ludo Bagman at no point I don't think is it mentioned that he's wearing earplugs or anything like that. So new headcanon: Ludo Bagman is fully gay. Continue. Oh, I will allow f- Ludo Bagman is fully gay for sure. Yeah, but also at the same time, like I don't think we see anyone acting silly other than Ron and Harry specifically. Like I don't. Yeah, like, is it a teenage boy kind of thing? <laughs> Imagine that you get turned on for the first time in your life, you know? like <laughs> Also, oh. <laughs> like, Mr. Weasley, he, like, is aware of what, 
like effect they have and yes. he isn't is it because he's like married and like I think taken <laughs> married and taken does not uh protect you from the Havila. i'm gonna tell okay. you that right now but <laughs> i think it's just because he knows and the weird thing is that it's like he knows enough to just sit there and be turned on without acting on it you know? right. like that's what it really is <laughs> well i think he does uh plug his ears when they start dancing like the second time and like well, maybe he's just boys. not strong enough <laughs> he instructs the boys to also do so but he doesn't on that first time and i think that's a key character moment for arthur weasley because he's just like all right if you haven't had your sexual awakening yet you're about to all right <laughs> <laughs> this is their jessica rabbit <laughs> Oh my god, I love that a lot. Um, but yeah, they the rules of the Vila are very interesting to me. Also, just like later when they start dancing as like a weapon, it's like, <laughs> yeah, permitted this. <laughs> so yeah, they're dancing. They sort of like hypnotize people. Um, Harry wants to impress them. So he's thinking of jumping <laughs> uh, from the box <laughs> into the stadium. Yeah, that's a great idea. Thinks. Wait, also, like, the referee ends up having a problem later, too. Wait, so, wait, wait, like... no, let's get there when we... I want to give him his moment, because that's okay. fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the music stops, and Hermione is like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Because Harry literally has one foot over the ledge. Like, what if <laughs> Harry had just straight yeah. up... What if Harry Potter straight up died at the Quidditch World Cup? <laughs> Because he flung himself <laughs> off of a bot at the top box. Arrest uh. him, and he's already hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like, you uh. just can't be bringing Vila like that. Yeah, it's so. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, the it, They're very entertaining, though. It, it was the whole, like, Okay, we all know the movies suck, but this was, like, a major disappointment. This is such a spectacle, and we got none of it. Yeah, it is a a straight-up spectacle. Like, (sighs) we don't get any of the stuff about Fleur later on, so it looks like Ron's just a fucking idiot who asked her out because he's an idiot. I just can't talk about Ron. Every time we talk about how the movies make Ron look like an idiot, I'm going to link that video that Brooke recommended in the Discord for as little as a dollar a month. You too can receive videos from Brooke. Um, (laughs) Not that kind of videos. Um, (laughs) So the next team, the Irish team national mascots, no, the Irish national team mascots come out. um, Quote, what seemed to be a great green and gold comet came zooming into the stadium. They look stupid now after the sexy Vila. They're just ridiculous. (laughs) Well, until they pull out that gold. Right. They do start throwing gold at people, which, ouch. Yeah, it was like, it like, Harry's like specifically, oh, heavy gold coins rained from them. And I'm like, that not safe. <laughs> and, and and now I'm thinking, like, you know, Arthur didn't warn them about the sexy Vila dance, and he didn't warn any of his kids, like, hey, by the way, that gold's fake. See, like, that's he, mean he's to not warn fucking, them about gold. He's just fucking with them. Why would you not tell them? <laughs> <laughs> Molly's not here, dude. Maybe like, he's unsupervised. <laughs> but also, like, why would they be throwing real gold? <laughs> I don't because know. It's, it's the Quidditch qu- World Cup. Exactly. There's opulence <laughs> in the air. Literally. Coming at you. Quickly. <laughs> I'm on, I'm sitting on a velvet cushion with the 1%. Surely someone should be throwing gold at me. Oh, and also, wait, can we talk about the programs that are like velvet and have like... 
Are they velvet? Yeah, there's velvet. Everything is velvet. <laughs> Give me a sec. Why is it so fucking ridiculous? Christina, what are wizards all about? <laughs> the drama. Hermione was skimming eagerly through her velvet-covered tasseled program. Shut it's the fuck got a up. tassel. I did not even notice that when I was reading. <laughs> it like, right, really and, struck. It, and like, just to make sure we're all on the same page here, we all just saw like a gold thread tassel in our heads, right? Yes. yes. Of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing if you took the crown royal satchel and made it into a program, same color palette, same kind of, it would have the exact same script too. Don't lie to me. That makes sense. No, that's that's exactly the color scheme I was thinking. Oh, yeah. I'm going to Photoshop that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like so over the top. Or, yes. So like, is that the program for the top box or like does everybody get one? <laughs> like, I think that's the program for the top box. I was just, I think it's for everybody because wizards are so bananas. <laughs> right. They do use gold for money, which is so impractical. Yeah. Yeah, who would use paper? Weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, credit. (laughs) Money is becoming so arbitrary. (laughs) For sure. It's just numbers. Like, nobody uses cash anymore. It's like, here's a few numbers I have. I'm going to give those to you. (laughs) You give me (laughs) numbers. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. I do get mad when people are like, cash only at the farmer's market. I'm like, come on. You know I don't have cash. Bro, you know yeah. I, I just want a cantaloupe. Yeah, just get one of those little square thingies. That's what they're for. <laughs> That's my plug for this week. So easy to use. Even Haley learned how to run I, square. I did. <laughs> um, okay, so Ludo Bagman introduces the Bulgarian team player by player as they fly onto the pitch. Um, we finally get a look at Victor Crumb. I started to do an accent, and then I was like, I can't do anything like a Bulgarian accent, so I went into my Valley Girl Crumb, <laughs> which is always my uh, fallback. So, um, Victor Crumb, hot or not? Um, not. I, he's, he's not. described like a bird of prey, an mm-hmm. overgrown bird of prey. I don't know. There's, a certain, there's a certain appeal. <laughs> There's a certain appeal to it's a, a a good a good strong nose I would say. Um mm-hmm. I don't think that Victor Crumb is objectively good looking, but I do think that he has big dick energy. Ooh. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I think that the Victor Crumb in the book and the Victor Crumb in the film are different. Mm. They're described very differently even in the way that they like carry themselves. Victor Crumb in the film is objectively very very sexy he the actor probably also was in his like mid-20s at the time so i feel okay saying this (laughs) um that was a grown-ass man oh yeah (laughs) that was a man and a half a man and a half but i would like to have it's that's the thing is it's like movies it's like okay imagine if it was this story but everyone was super hot but sometimes that really changes a character like hermione or like victor crumb if you make them hot it's different yeah no, because I think it would, oh, it would be so much cuter if they were, like, actually as, like, weird and awkward looking yes. in the movies as they are in the books. Because then it's God. like, oh, awkward kid love. Look at you two. <laughs> if either one of them was half as awkward as I was when I was 14, it would oh. be so much better. Oh, good lord. <laughs> 
Um, then the Irish team comes out and Bagman introduces them as well. And then we are introduced to the referee who has come from Egypt. His name is, somebody read it to me. I didn't write it down. Um, Hassan Mustafa. Thank you so much. Um, he's one of my favorite characters in this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> he has his moments. The way they describe him, and then there's a wonderful illustration of him in the. Um, I need Jim you to K hold that up and edition. show me. <laughs> okay, I'll show you. <laughs> I love like he's kind of described like a, a little bit like a cartoon character, just the way yes, that like his mustache up. is so luxurious, <laughs> and he's got like a whistle poking out from under it. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's wearing. Hold on, I have to. I always cover my camera because it's distracting to me. I swear to God. Um, oh, damn. My God. <laughs> Them I, shoes. Shoes. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say. You don't have to wear practical shoes if you're flying. <laughs> I guess. Or pants, apparently. <laughs> he wearing, he's wearing like, um, like fucking, yeah. Like, he's wearing biking shorts. He's wearing biking shorts no, on a broom under robes. They're called, um, are they called chubbies? I don't know. <laughs> I think this kind of shorts are called, hold on, I'm gonna Google, wait, careful, I'm gonna carefully Google chubbies. He, no, he really, he <laughs> looks like an elderly professor who's, like, kept very healthy in his yes. old age um, and, like, runs he, marathons. He's, like, awkwardly healthy. Yeah. Like, oh, they, oh, you're stringy. They are called chubbies. The shorts that show all of a, a man's, like, thigh meat. Mm, it's so much hotter. Don't obscure your knee, gentlemen. It's that's, not cute. That's a horrible <laughs> name for any garment. <laughs> it's kind of hot because you get to see the little chubby part of their thigh. Mm, no, it's, I, I mean, love soccer boys. It, it's just a bad name for the garment. I yeah. <laughs> um, you can use it to hide your chubbies. Anyway, the game begins. Uh, my first note of this... <laughs> Is they play the game. <laughs> yep. They sure are playing Quidditch, huh? Catch, yeah. catch, score. <laughs> Nav, when I was on, um, I think, the Hedge Knight episode of A Song and Ice in Fire Symposium, we were joking because there's a lot of a lot of parts in that story where it's like, and then they fight. Fight, yeah. And it's, it's like, I'm not, we're not going to describe it to you. <laughs> like, they're just playing Quidditch. Yeah. Yeah, Harry fu fucks up with his omnioculars. Yeah. He like, he, like, does the slow motion and then forgets to undo it, and he starts missing stuff. Yeah. I do kind of like that this happens, though, because it's, like, one, it keeps us from having to actually, like, focus on the game too much, and two, it's like, oh, Harry... Harry, you're such a fucking nerd. Because, like, this is the first time that he's getting to, like, study watching Quidditch and, like, yes. slow motion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the omnioculars omni are for, uh. like, later study. Like, enjoy the game live for now. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind and of like, don't worry about taking too many pictures on your phone. You got to enjoy what you're doing now. It's, like, the same kind of vibe. Be in the moment, man. Yeah. And I'm sure this is, like, being recorded in whatever version... A recording they have. I don't know. <laughs> Wizards don't. don't really go in for convenience. So, like, but this like, might be his only He can, chance. like, replay the things, the scenes in his omnioculars. So maybe there's, like, a oh, bigger version. Oh, yeah, just film the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah. How, but how long would that stick, do you think? Like, did, does, like, the magic wear off of these things? Or I, I, I mean, they were very expensive. Weren't they, like, ten galleons or something? Yes, yeah. they were ten galleons apiece. Like, Jesus. why are they so expensive? Because <laughs> they've got a lot of functions. They're like an iPhone. Yeah, they do, like, <laughs> yeah. like he can see whatever, uh, like, play they're doing, and it, like, names the things, and it's kind of yeah, cool. Honestly, Hermione so does much. it. 
Hermione, I was going to say, Hermione doesn't really need the Omnioculars, but I think for that specific purpose, like, it's really good for Harry. So, because he, that's the thing is, it's like, we never really get anything about his Quidditch education outside of uh, poor, poor Oliver's, like, frantic <laughs> uh, plan. What do they call plays? Yeah, yeah, he'll d- yeah. just do, like, chalkboard scribbles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's cool that Harry's, yeah, le- just learned something. This is also um, the chapter where I learned what the word faint, F-E-I-N-T. I remember that I learned what that meant when I read this the first time. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Ireland scores three times. Cool, Yay. 30 points to zero. Um, then Bulgaria scores. <laughs> and the boys have to plug their ears as the Vila start dancing again. Keep it in your pants, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the two Seekers go after the Snitch really fast, like they're dive-bombing for it, and they almost crash. Um, But then Crumb pulls out of it, and it was a feint, F-E-I-N-T. And the other Seeker only, only, like, thought that the Snitch was there, but Crumb was just playing. What's the other Seeker's name? Uh, Lynch. Lynch. Love it. And at this time, the referee gets hypnotized by the Vila, and he starts flexing. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, twirling mustache. his mustache. Yeah. Look at my luxurious mustache, ladies. Anyone want a mustache ride? Grab onto my handlebars. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Come fly away with me, baby. <laughs> the thing is, like, what happens... Like, what happens when he, like, walks all the way into the crowd of Vila and is like, okay, time to make out with you because you have seduced me. Like, do they murder him in the middle of the Quidditch World Cup? Like, what happens? Well, apparently they sometimes just bang a dude because that's how Fleur happened. Yeah. Like, Fleur's mom. Even Vila's can fall in love. Okay. Yeah. And in, in this, like, here their purpose is to, like, you know, get him on the Bulgarian team's side so he'll be nicer to them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, like, it's like, oh, make sure we win this game and then we'll talk. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's, like, he in particular is reacting so hard. Like, they're they're uh, yeah. directing it at him mm-hmm. somehow. That's a good thought. Because, yeah. like, it, it does seem very random otherwise. That's true. Or he's, I, I always heard it as he's just, like, pretty susceptible maybe like not that into the game (laughs) just a horny old man a horny old man (laughs) like i just love him i like to think he just wants to get down a medic goes out to kick him in the shins that would be my job at the (laughs) shin kicker it's funny it's so funny that a medic does it like this needs a medical professional (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then the referee is embarrassed and he tries to like oust the Vila entirely. And then the Bulgarian beaters land to argue with him. Or mm-hmm. is it the Irish beaters, actually? The Bulgarians. No, it's, it's the Bulgarians. Yeah. Um, yes. So the Bulgarian beaters are <laughs> arguing with him about it. The Vila. Are the players not affected by the Vila? I. I- that's the thing. I don't know. I'm just loving the fact that, like, while all of this is going on, the leprechauns are also writing out ha ha ha, <laughs> and, then, and then he 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 in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, they flip everyone off. Yep. Yes, they <laughs> which do. is amazing. I love these books because 
it's they've they've done this before where like Ron said something like very nasty about McGonagall, like stuff like that. Like they're like the leprechauns made a very rude hand gesture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it's not gesture specific. Indeed. If Use you it know, up to your you imagination. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the tension is escalating. There's a lot of fouls. The villa start turning. <laughs> they become scaly. Adele would still fuck them. Shout out to Adele. <laughs> Quite frankly, I agree. It reminds me of I watched The Shining for the first time ever in my life, like a couple days ago, and there is a scene where he's making out with a hot ghost, and then she turns into a an old scary ghost. I thought you were about to say that she turns into like a bird person, and I was like, I don't remember that from the show. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a challenging mating season for bird person. <laughs> <laughs> the Vila and the leprechauns are having to be like separated by ministry officials. Oh, here's something funny about this chapter. When you go to a sporting event or a concert, are the people who are checking your tickets and telling you where your seats are and separating the mascots from fighting. Are they governmental officials or are they underpaid college students? Well, I think in this case, it's more like the Olympics as in like a country is hosting it. So like their department of like tourism or whoever is responsible. Okay. Um, Yeah. But like the ministry official like took their tickets, you know? It's like, why is someone, why can't she just enjoy the game and get her a kid to do it? I think that's their only staff power. I don't think they even yeah. have that many, like, college kids. I think the, I think the ministry officials might be their equivalent Yeah, because, like, what kids. comes after Hogwarts? It's, you go they, and work for the ministry. Yeah, they don't really have, like, this is, these are interns. These are, these are uh, entry-level employees, shall we yeah. say. Yeah, interesting. Percy okay. should have been in... One of them. Yeah. So that's it says ministry official, but it's not like the head of whatever, whatever. It's, yeah, it's, just somebody who works for the ministry. Or like, um, what's his name? Like is, Perkins? Is that Arthur's oh, yeah. like office mate? <laughs> no, nah, yeah. he can't stand that long. He has lumbago, whatever that is. Wait, what is that? I I want to say it's something to do with your spine. Like it it sounds like lumbar. It literally just means back pain. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Back pain isn't funny, but it's funny that I thought it was a thing and it's not. It's just like, ouch, my back. <laughs> Eventually, Victor Crumb's nose gets broken by a bludger. The Irish seeker goes for the snitch. Victor Crumb follows, definitely bloodied. There's mm-hmm. like blood in the air. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Um, and then, da 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 da, Victor Crumb catches the snitch. <laughs> Only it's not that exciting because he still loses. <laughs> yeah. I never caught this line before. Sorry. Just because uh, they're watching them uh, both shooting for the ground and uh, Hermione's like, they're going to crash. No, they're not, says Ron. And the Lynch is, says Harry. And then Lynch crashes into the ground for the second time with tremendous force and was immediately stampeded by a horde of angry Vila. <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> He's not, he, That's the thing is, okay, when they bring him around in a couple of minutes, he is like concussed, but also seduced. Like he He's enchanted in a way that is like confused and like not okay, but not not okay. I just I yeah. never caught I never caught 
the moment where he is then promptly stampeded <laughs> by That's angry thing, sex fairies. Is it, <laughs> is it like an angry stampede or a sexy stampede? We'll never know. Uh, little column it, A, little column B. <laughs> it actually says angry Vila. So. But it could... There's angry, angry Vila sexy. on a sexy stampede. <laughs> um, oh. Yes, Ireland wins 170 to 160. Everyone is caught off guard by the very sudden end to the match. Mm-hmm. Um, this used to make sense to me. Harry's like, well, I know Quidditch and I know exactly how his brain's working. He wanted to end it on his terms. He was never well, going to win. Well, I always kind of assumed that if he didn't catch it here, that Lynch would have and then like they wouldn't have even gotten those points but like that's just me like explaining it away <laughs> it's just that I, if i wanted if i was in crumb's position i would not have done this like i would have yeah. at all costs including fouls made certain that lynch did not catch the snitch but i probably would not have caught it either you know faint yeah, in the but other direction then it or just something keeps going like the, the that's the fundamental flaw of quidditch is until you catch the snitch the game can just go on for Yeah, they months. were talking about, like, it might go on for five days. That's what happened last time. I totally agree with that, but I would wait. I'm looking at the scores are numerically right in front of my face. Ireland wins 170 to 160. So I don't, I don't feel like I would have known so certainly that we could never have gotten two more goals, you know? Yeah. Like, I just, I would have made this call a couple hours down the road when mm-hmm. everyone's getting bored and, like, saved everybody. You know, I wouldn't be like, and we're done. 20 minutes. Fuck you guys. And I honestly don't think the crowd would have taken well to this at all. Well, you heard it here first, folks. What Christina really wants out of this chapter is more Quidditch. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back to our introduction where I said, uh, you cannot make us pretend to care about sports. Mm, and they didn't have to. I gave all my energy. That was all my sports energy, and I'm spent. <laughs> I just don't think that Crum is that competitive of a person. I think he's extremely talented at this game, but it sounds like he's kind of like, it, just the impression I get is that he's kind of jaded with like professional Quidditch. He's like, I it, I just want to play this for fun. I don't, because later on in the Triwizard Tournament, he's not all that competitive either. He's just yeah. like, well, I guess I'm here. He's just good at it. Um, yeah. It kind of reminds me of my younger brother, Michael, like very, uh, like, like, uh, physically intelligent, but not very competitive at all. Total Hufflepuff. Yeah. yeah. Hermione says, he was very brave, wasn't he? Why does she even say that? Why that seems so weird I mean, in this context? Big dick energy flying through the sky, blood streaming <laughs> behind him. That's kind of sexy. Like if I was a fourteen-year-old girl, I would be like, "All right, well, I guess there was something at this game for me after all." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hermione! Uh, she does so much that we just. You know, we don't get to see nearly enough Hermione. She's becoming a woman right before our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulgarian Minister of Magic <laughs> says in perfectly, perfectly comprehensible English, uh, he has been pretending to not understand English this whole time. He says, Well, we fought bravely. I'm bad at accents. And he's he's literally just been watching Fudge struggle this whole time because it amused him. That's fucking yeah. hilarious. Oh, uh, I love this. He's the best. That's the best prank. Watching Fudge, of all people, try to do the charades. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't? I've been, like, stacking up on the languages I know. I'm on, like, number five. 
And wow. the reason, <laughs> one of the major like reasons is one day I hope to catch somebody in a conversation about me and just like turn to them in their language <laughs> and be like, oh yes, I totally heard that. <laughs> so far that has not happened. Um, oh, one day I, though. You know, if I get enough languages, it's, it's ought to. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's amazing. We're Americans, so that sounds like so many languages. Yeah, well, I was born in India, so I speak a couple languages from there because... Which ones? uh, Punjabi and Hindi. Okay, what else do you got? Uh, English, and then everybody in Canada has to learn French in school, and I actually liked it, so I continued. Nice. And Spanish. Oh my gosh, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. And yet all of them make perfect sense for you. I like, I think my favorite language that I've like actively learned is Spanish. It's just. Spanish is also language. my favorite language that I've actively learned. Um, it's also the only language I've actively learned. But um, <laughs> Spanish is a beautiful language. Yeah. Uh, why do we think, why do we think he did this? Because it's fudge. Fuck him. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> exactly. Why that, else? It was very funny. <laughs> I mean, like, thi- like this dude, if anyone else was minister, if Arthur Weasley was minister of magic, you would not do this to him. He would find, he would be so earnestly trying to find a way to communicate with you in your own language, wh- however he could, that, like, you wouldn't want to fuck with him this way. Fudge. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This British politician stereotype. I I will spend an entire week, I'll spend an entire month pretending not to understand you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's extra funny because crouch isn't here and barty crouch is the one who speaks the languages um Mm -hmm. this whole time fudge is like trying to find he like keeps mentioning it like if only barty crouch were here but it's funny because barty crouch was never going to be here like he is like by design somewhere else where do you think he physically is right now probably working Wait, you mean yeah. like walking in around a t- in a tent, working on a laptop? <laughs> a, a, on papers? I don't know. Papers. What did people do before laptops? <laughs> He's reviewing Percy's um thing about about cauldron bottom sizes. Oh God, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but he does like show up promptly in the following chapter, so he's like around. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, just love it so much. So the Quidditch World Cup gets presented in the top box where they all are. The cup is brilliantly lit. It lights up, lights up the whole box. Mm-hmm. The players all come in to accept their cup. Um, what's his name? Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. Is <laughs> he's like he he's concussed. He's just straight up concussed. Like that's that's what's going on. Yeah. But also, like I said, slightly he's too sed- he's too concussed to get fully seduced. <laughs> so he's like mostly concussed, but with just like a sprinkling of seduction. <laughs> just sleepy and a little horny. <laughs> who, who among relatable. us hasn't been there? A relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because it's it's so true. Um. Marriage is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> the chapter ends with Ludo Bagman uh, doing his little quietus, quietus, and then his voice is all hoarse. And the twins come over for their winnings. That'll probably never come up again. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Seems irrelevant. We're that they ended the chapter on that anyway. <laughs> Do you think that Crumb caught the thing? Like, that was 
Uh, just so that the twins could win this bet. I mean, whoa, <laughs> whoa. a conspiracy. <laughs> Not that like Crum himself, but like the J.K. Rowling like did that oh. whole thing just oh, yeah. for this to be a thing. Oh <laughs> so yeah, that for later sure. on. <laughs> I thought you were saying like in terms of like there's a conspiracy, like somehow Fred no, and George no, no. have contact. Because <laughs> the thing is, like their bet is very specific. Like Arlen wins, but Crum catches. Like yeah. nobody else would bet on that. So. And narratively, I think it makes it so much more satisfying later when Harry gifts his Triwizard winnings to the twins. It makes it more satisfying the fact that they've been deprived of money. Yeah. You know, so it's like they really feel like they deserve it by the end of this book. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's something that must have been kind of added in halfway through and then just like woven through the rest of the story. Also, probably, I mean, I don't know how far ahead that bitch planned these books, but, like, especially since they have their dramatic exit next year, they have to be, like, doing something this year so that you're thinking about them, you know? I mean, I I feel like it would have just come from, like, oh, yeah, I guess there would be, like, a cash prize or something. (sighs) Wait, Christina, I want to be on for that episode. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) When they make their dramatic exit. (laughs) No, no, chapter eight. That's not chapter eight. <laughs> I could come on more than once. <laughs> it is a long book. Oh my God, it's so long. <sighs> I don't That's know. my favorite chapter in all the books. <laughs> um, That is an excellent chapter. So does anyone have anything else about this chapter that we didn't touch on yet that you would like to, or didn't touch on enough or uh, just deserves more touching? Um, I <laughs> one, one line that's always stuck with me was mm-hmm. when Ron was testing out the Omnioculars before it started. And he's like, I can make that bloke down there pick his nose again and again <laughs> <Yes>. and again. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a hilarious yeah. line in the film. Just a low-key right. little nod to the text. Rupert Grant would have delivered it perfectly. And there's also uh, the moment when he returns, like, he pays Harry back for the Omnioculars, and then that's going to come back and Ugh. add a- yeah, very awkward. Be a sore point in their friendship. It just sucks, because, like, <laughs> Ron is obviously sensitive. He obviously has nothing to worry about because Harry's rich. But, like, Harry just doesn't handle any of that very well. He's like, shut up, don't worry. And Ron's like, I've been worrying about this for my entire life, okay? Like, I'm gonna worry. Yeah. Uh, they just uh. need to learn to communicate. Yep. All right, cool. Well, are y'all ready to move on to plugs? Sure. Yeah. Um, Nav, will you please remind us about your podcast and tell us where else we can find you on the internet, if anywhere? No pressure. Sure. Okay, so y'all can listen to a Song of Ice and Fire Symposium uh, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. If you want to, you know, listen to two people rambling on about the series and listen to one person not have a clue <laughs> it's very entertaining i would say <laughs> may i recommend starting with a uh, goblet of uh i says i read goblet of fire again <laughs> <laughs> may i recommend starting with a uh, game of thrones chapter 16 uh might have had a special guest <laughs> yeah it was after that episode i got covid very soon after recording that episode last year yeah and i was like out of commission for a while and in the time i was just like so because like there was nothing to do i was stuck in my room right so all i did was obsess about a song of ice and fire and i was like oh my gosh this is coming up this is coming up and i got really excited and impatient and then when we got back to it we started recording several chapters at a time Mm -hmm. because I was so impatient. (laughs) So yeah, actually the 16th uh, 
chapter is a great place to start because then you we get into a better flow after that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, if uh, if you, the only place I post because I'm terrible at social media is Instagram. You can follow that at Pop Culture Symposium, but mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. All right. What have you been watching, reading, listening to, playing, thinking about lately that you think that the listeners of our podcast might enjoy? Before we started recording, I was talking about this uh, fantasy series I've been reading called The Elder Empire, and it's consists of six books, and three of them are written from the point of view of one character and three from the other, but they, like, are the same timeline. So it's it's a very interesting concept, and there's some cool fantasy ideas, so check that out. It's uh, The Elder Empire by Will White. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Haley, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, hello, I have been Haley. Uh, if you must, you can find me on Twitter at the writ to wit and uh, also every most weeks uh, on our other podcast, The Movie Night Crew, where it's just our dumb friends watching dumb movies. Sometimes they're <laughs> not dumb movies, but they they become dumb as soon as we've seen them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then just talk just talking about them uh, afterwards. It's a lot more free form than this, and uh, a lot more explicit. Just so's you know. Yeah, she means um, they're sc- screaming. It's lots of screaming. It, it's a it, it's a lot of screaming and a lot of <laughs> a lot of fucked up jokes that sometimes go too far, but that's our charm. Um, and recently, I started reading something called the Darwath series, which is I, I might be pronouncing that wrong. I do not know. It's from like the eighties. Is there an eye in there somewhere? No. Okay. Yeah, I I want there to be, but there isn't. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yep. Uh, if you've ever seen this particular image that floats around on the internet of like like an old timey wizard with a staff and an amulet, and I know brown exactly which one sitting, you're talking about. Weirdly, sitting at a kitchen table, like a formica kitchen table, holding an open beer. Surely uh, you told me about this. I did. Um, <laughs> that image floats around the internet sometimes. Linked that in the show the- notes. That is the cover of the first book, and that is how the main <laughs> character is introduced to the wizard in the series. <laughs> this cover so it's is a lot so of good. I completely it's forgot so about it. Like a wizard gangster. Like this is what Gandalf would, uh, was always trying to do. Oh my gosh, I see it. Yeah, right. <laughs> what a G, oh, honestly. Isn't that With great? Yeah. So yeah, I'd seen that in like some people whose blogs I follow who like I respect in terms of uh, what stories they enjoy were like, here's basically what it's about. Here's what the characters are. Here's kind of the shit that goes down. I was like, oh, that all sounds up my alley. Okay. So I've started uh, getting into that and I am... Uh, I am enjoying myself. I maybe would have made different editing choices, but uh, what don't I say that about? I was just about to say, Haley, have you ever not felt that way about a book that you would have made I different haven't. editing choices? Nope. Um, okay, great. Thank you so much for that recommendation, Haley. Anytime. I feel like I'm using like weirdly sarcastic voice today, but I don't. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. <laughs> just using this scathing voice. I I guess it's fine, Christina. <laughs> Fucking whatever. Yeah, okay. I'll just do my plugs. <laughs> On my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at ChristinaTheCon. You can follow me on Twitter at ChristinaCon. You can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Private Stash. And this week I'm going to recommend... Both, it's a book and a movie. It's a movie based on a book, The House with a Clock in Its Walls by... I never, ever remember to look up the author ahead of time. Oh, my God. 
I have to type in fucking book because they made a movie about it. <laughs> <laughs> the author of this is John Belairs. The it's also one of those like uh, middle grade novels that has some illustrations, the occasional black and white illustration, and it was illustrated by Edward Gorey. It was actually originally published in the 70s, so it carries that tone of very classic children's fantasy. Um, all of the fantasy and uh, even like kind of like mystery as well that I read when I was a kid carried the same tone before the real fantasy resurgence of like the Harry Potter movement in like the late 90s, early 2000s. But it's just a really lovely novel um, about this kid who is orphaned and he goes to live with his uncle who is a delightful warlock whose house is cursed. <laughs> As a bee. Yeah. And um, my favorite thing about this story is that the warlock is like an old bachelor and he is very best friends with his elderly neighbor witch. They're just best friends and they are like constantly insulting and digging at each other. In the movie, <laughs> um, he the uncle's played by Jack Black and the neighbor's played by Kate Blanchett. So just imagine that dynamic. It's hard to imagine, but it, it really works. Um, so it's just a really delightful story that kind of makes me remember what it felt like to be kind of discovering these kinds of fantastical stories when I was a child. So The House with a, with a Clock in Its Walls by John Belair's or just watch the movie because it's freaking great. Um, so that's that. Yay. <laughs> uh, Haley, my co-pilot, as always, thank you so much. And Nav, thank you for being here. We always love to have you on the show. I love being here. It was so fun to talk to you folks. <laughs> Hell yeah. We had so much fun with you. <laughs> yeah. And we will see you back for chapter eight and or others for Order <laughs> of the Phoenix. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I really want to jam pack Order of the Phoenix with like beloved, cheerful, friendly guests because like the whole book really stresses me and depresses me it's out. True. <laughs> can, wait, can I make a proposal right now? What? I, I don't know if we're still like part, this is still part of the episode, but uh, you know, Wizard Angst, the Potter Ye Puppet Pals? Yes. Just like anytime mm. Harry starts getting too angsty in Order of the Phoenix, just insert that sound by angst, 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 angst. <laughs> also uh, oh fuck i forgot to plug the patreon it's too late to do it organically um well all right gang i gotta go finish reading the prime minister and the villa before this book starts coming on to me bye <laughs> bye uh nav say bye oh bye <laughs> The Restricted section is honored to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, which features other excellent podcasts such as Of the Eldest Gods. Two friends question if Rick Reardon is truly their godly parent while rereading the books that changed their childhoods. From the Greeks to the Romans to the Egyptians to the Norse, Of the Eldest Gods lets them take their adult imaginations on a ride across the Percy Jackson series and beyond. Listen, we didn't want to be half-bloods. If you're listening to this because you think you might be one, our advice? Stop listening to this podcast right now. Percy Jackson had the right idea when he told people to stop reading the books detailing his adventures as a half-blood. But we didn't listen to his warnings. And that's why we started this podcast, Of the Eldest Gods, where we read books written by Rick Riordan and talk about how they affected us as kids and continue to as semi-adults. You can find us every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think we fooled them for a second there? God, I hope not. 
Bring on the monsters. We're making a podcast. <laughs> the restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted Pod, and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. The Blue Bottle, a broom for all the family. Safe, reliable, and with built-in anti-burglar buzzer. Mrs. Scour's all-purpose magical mess remover. No pain, no stain. Gladrag's wizard wear. London, Paris, Hogsmeade. <laughs> That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.